0: Hello and welcome to Alone Together, a coronavirus podcast. I'm Morven McIntyre, speaking to you from Edinburgh.
1: And I'm Matt Millard, recording from Birmingham. And I'm Dan McLaughlin, reporting from Salford.
0: During the lockdown, we have paid tribute to the extraordinary people who are doing their bit to keep their local communities going.
1: And we've been answering your FAQs about how we can try and get on with our everyday lives with the coronavirus restrictions in place. We've covered everything from homelessness to homeschooling, physical to mental health, and a host of other topics. And on this episode, Alone Together looks ahead to
2: life after the lockdown and when we start to return to work. What changes need to be made? How can I protect myself in the workplace? Well, these questions and more will be answered by our guest, Professor Marty Van Tongeren from the University of Manchester a bit later on.
0: This episode of Alone Together marks the end of series one and we thought we ought to do something special and bring all three hosts, me, Matt and Dan. Don't worry, we'll be back for a second series. So can you believe it? This is our 15th episode. So what have you guys learned throughout recording this podcast?
2: Well, I'm generally a bit of a pessimist. I, I don't necessarily see the best of people in normal circumstances, but this lockdown, you know, there are a few exceptions to the case, but this lockdown has proven to me that I was r- quite wrong in, you know, these sort of extraordinary and bad times. You actually see people doing good, a lot of good. And it's it's beautiful to see. And as you hear from our guests, you know, the, the support in our communities, not for anything uh, for them to gain, but to help other people. And I think you know our title "Alone Together" has certainly proven to be correct. Even though we lot are alone, we're together for the extraordinary work these people are doing for our communities.
1: It really is. I think yeah, it, it's not. It's highlighted the resilience and determination of of the people within our communities. Not only the amazing people who are helping you know those that are most in need, but but also those who are helping us maintain. Yeah, you know, a sense of normality, I guess, during during such times, um, whether that's through, you know, we've seen online gym classes, food deliveries, music, comedy through kind of online video. Yeah. It all helps us remain a little human and, and stay sane, I guess.
0: Yeah, I think that we've seen some great people doing a lot of innovative things during this time. We've really managed to adapt a lot of the things, like you mentioned there, Matt, like comedy, And like music to now enjoying it in a just a different way and I think that without technology I actually don't know where we would have been throughout uh, this period because it's really enabled us to still get gain a bit of social interaction even though we might not have been able to see family and friends for a long period of time so I think yeah I think it's been amazing just to see the things that have managed to come out of this period as well and how creative people have been
1: Amazing. Yeah, I'd finally just, I'd just like to say it's highlighted the incredible work that our NHS staff and, and all essential key workers do for us, not just during this pandemic, but all year round. Yeah, you know, they do, they truly do a tremendous job. A um, little personal thanks from me to my mum, Jill, who I've, who I've mentioned through the series, an intensive care uh, nurse in, in Birmingham. So yeah, just a little nod from, from me to, to her and her amazing team in Brum. Absolutely. It, it reminds me,
2: I'm a radio presenter as well as being a podcast producer, and I produced a show a couple of years ago, to, to a tribute show to what happened after, happened after the Manchester attack. And, you know, there was this awful, awful thing that happened, but we saw the best of people. And there was a phrase that one of my interviews uh, came up with, and I remember this, a dignified defiance. And I think that's the same in Manchester after the attack, but also the same of communities, In these, you know, these are quite scary times in terms of pandemic, but these communities have showed a dignified defiance. Now, returning to the workplace can be a daunting prospect for many people. We've been told to stay at home to save lives, and now we've been told to stay alert. But how can we stay alert in our employment? And what changes do employers and employees need to make to keep everyone safer in the workplace. I spoke to Marty Van Tongeren, he's the Professor of Occupational and Environmental Health at the University of Manchester, about how we can protect workers in this new reality. Can you tell us um, what your research Involves
3: so my um, I I work at the University of Manchester as in the in the Centre for Occupational Environmental Health. So, in general, we do research in. Uh, how work affects the health of, uh, of the workers. So we do a whole range of, of research uh, looking at the uh, determinants of health through epidemiological studies. And we have a large program whereby we collect data from physicians uh, on patients where they believe their, their, their symptoms have been caused or aggravated by, by work. Now, these are non-COVID specific uh, 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 studies. Um, the study that I am currently doing in terms of COVID nineteen is looking at delivery drivers and um, working with companies that that deliver products at home to see how the uh, that sector really contributed to uh, to enable all of us to stay home and and safe uh, during the uh, during the early times of the outbreak.
2: Now, the field of occupational health is important at any time, but it's certainly something that's increased in visibility of late. What role do you see for those involved in the field in the future?
3: Yeah, that's absolutely correct. I think I think this this crisis has identified uh, the strong need for good occupational health uh, is 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 very important, and I think perhaps as a society we may have forgotten that. Um, and I personally noticed this and, the, and everyone within the imp- profession noticed that the, that the heightened interest in occupational health is, is now there. So I think what occupational health does is, is, is trying to identify how we can protect workers and then implement um, control measures to allow workers to do uh, their work as safe as is reasonably possible. I think everyone would admit that any aspects of life will always involve some some area of of risk. But we need to kind of make sure that risks are identified, that are managed. And if there are new risks that we identify, that we study those risks and make sure that we understand exactly how they can be prevented going forward.
2: After COVID-19, things cannot be the same, surely. Things are going to be changing in the workplace. What changes need to be made?
3: yeah so so a whole of a whole things a lot of things are still very very uncertain in in, in COVID 19 um, what we do know is that uh, the ex- the exposure, the risk of of getting the disease, the transmission mainly goes to kind of a number of, of areas either uh, it 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 involves, Kind of face-to-face close contact with people who are uh, who 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 have the disease. Um, it it can go through uh, contacts of surfaces, so high-frequency uh, contacts that that we touch when we're going to work, and it may there may be some role in terms of uh, uh, exposure to airborne aerosols that stay in the air for for a long time. We don't know how important that is at the moment. But those kind of three are the are the main areas. So I think what needs to be happening to make sure that we can go safe to work is a, we need to understand uh, if and when people are ill with COVID-19 and trying to and make sure that we ensure that that uh, people with the disease can stay at home and are um and have the social security to be to be able to do that so are getting sick paid and and uh, and so can 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 stay at home for for the, the, the 14 days i think that is now recommended um so that you don't put other workers at, at risk um um so that requires you know Testing and tracing, and I'm pleased to say that that we're now as a, as, a, as a country moving into that direction. I think workplaces can do can 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 redesign kind of their their work in a number of different different ways, and and within occupational health, we we usually try to implement kind of a, a kind of a, the understanding of a hierarchy of control. So we try to kind of start with trying to eliminate the risk and then trying to kind of manage the risk through engineering controls and and finally we're trying to manage the risk through to personal protective equipment. It's kind of clear to say that personal protective equipment should really be the last, the last kind of measure that we that we should take and and you know, understandingly at the moment, it's it's often the first kind of uh, measure of protection that we have, but there are a lot of things that 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 people can do. In my work, for example, I don't really have a lab in the in the university. I work in an office. In the past, I think we we had the the kind of the system that okay, you can work from home if it's if if you really need to do, you know, as, 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 you know, if you really need to concentrate and you really need to kind of work, you know, on a on a piece of work that that you can do better when at home. I think. I think we probably need to turn that upside down, right? So if you can work from home, work from home. And if you don't need to go into work, don't go into work. Because it's not necessarily only about the work, it's also how you get that into work. And if we go back to the, the mass transportation every morning and every evening and want to do that in a sustainable way in terms of the environment, then then that's quite, that's quite a tricky thing to do, right? Because many people won't be happy to go into very packed buses and and trains uh, uh, to go back and forth to work. So that's I think the first thing. Um, Then I think employers should should look at these three kind of ways of, of main areas of transmission and kind of like ensure that we can do uh social kind of distancing at work so you know shared offices and 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 need to be you know need to be done in such a way that you're not sitting too close to each other and maybe facing one another maybe offices should be turned around you know when with the backs to people and you need to make sure that there's sufficient distances you mean need to make sure that cleaning of surfaces is done kind of regularly effectively and we need to kind of make sure that people behave in a way that they are protect themselves. So hand cleaning, making sure that you wash your hands, making sure that that's that you don't, you know, uh, as I often do, <laughs> you know, touch your face uh, regularly when 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 there may be a possibility that you touch surfaces that are that are contaminated before you wash your hands. So uh, there's a lot of things that we can do. There's a lot of unknown still about how effective these control measures are, but I think. We we need to kind of, you know, start going back to work and learn from what works and what doesn't work, and try to kind of uh, develop systems that 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 become more and more effective in terms of uh, of preventing us from getting the disease. And it's not just the physical well being of
2: um, workers, but the psychological and um, well being, the mental health um, side of things, isn't
3: it? Well, it's clear that that this crisis is not. Only affecting us in terms of COVID-19, it, we will uh, we will get uh, we, we were uh, we may be at higher risk of developing mental disease, burnout, um, uh, but also musculoskeletal problems. I'm now sitting in my you know in a small desk with my laptop for the last two months constantly. And I know that my position is, is positioning is probably not as good as it should have been. Uh, and and so there's musculoskeletal problems. There may be problems with with, with dermatitis because we are washing our hands with disinfectants regularly. We use gloves constantly uh, in in certain occupations. So there are a number of areas that we need to kind of uh, very carefully monitor to make sure that that uh, that there's no. Kind of risk to 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 health from that and and mental health and and things like burnout are extremely important in the in in this area it's already kind of we're already kind of Pre-COVID, we're already kind of living in a, you know, a mental ill health kind of epidemic that's been going on for for quite a long time. There's a lot of people going off with stress, uh, and, and there's a lot of cost to society because people take off work from uh, because of these uh, mental, you know, mental health and, and and well-being issues. So we just need to kind of monitor. We need to kind of make sure that people who have been ill uh, um, are supported when going back into work. We need to kind of make sure that. Employers are seen to do the right thing in terms of making, you know, in, in, in protecting the staff. We need to kind of, uh, 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 kind of support one another as good as we can in the in this crisis. And I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a mental health specialist, so I, I can't really give direct kind of advice about how these, how that should be implemented. But there are many ways of of, of doing you know, mental health risk assessments that that have been developed over the years that should be implemented and we should carefully monitor uh, that.
2: What advice would you give to employees or indeed employers who are feeling um, hesitant about returning to the workplace? Um, Are there any practical tips that you could suggest?
3: I think many people will, if they've been staying at home over the last couple of months, will be anxious to uh, to go back into work. Particularly, I think going anxious, being anxious to 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 go into public transport. Um, I think that would be the first area um, that 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 I think is of concern. So, uh, I, I think for that, you know, if you can. Uh, uh, Travel to work, uh, maybe by walking or by by biking. I think would be very good. It it, it has the added benefit that it's good for you too, rather than uh, than sitting in, in public transport. But many people won't be able to do that because because of, of of their personal circumstances, or they they just are too far away from from their work. So, um, I, I think I, I, it, I think is I think you probably have to be very careful. Uh, you have to kind of make sure that your that your uh, avoid touching touching surfaces that are that are that are um, uh, uh, um, frequently touched by other people, and you need to kind of wash your hands uh, and and perhaps use hand gel, uh, etc. I mean, there's there's a lot of people. There's a lot of discussion about the 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 benefits of masks uh, uh, in public transport. I think. Probably th- there may be some reason to do that, uh, but it's only going to be effective if everyone's doing it because these masks generally don't protect yourself as an individual. They're only kind of protecting other people because of the 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 the, the barrier that you put in place in terms of spreading any kind of droplets that come out of your mouth and coughing and sneezing. Um, so practical advice, um, I, I think, I think. Um, um, Make sure that that you try to travel to work as safely as possible. If it's not necessary to to travel during rush hour, travel at other times. Discuss with your employer to see whether that's flexibility in terms of traveling to and from work. Um, discuss with your employer about you know do you need to go into work and you work from home. Um, and 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 I think there should be you know there should be all these dialogues happening in in workplaces between. Because, in a sense, it's not, you know, the employer alone can't do these kind of things. I think that there needs to be a very sensible dialogue between the kind of employees and employers about how to best manage. Uh, kind of, you know, the risks in the workplaces, and and there will be solutions that 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 are common to workplaces and there are solutions that are specific to workplaces. But I think that dialogue and trying to kind of work together in 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 developing sensible solutions, I think, is probably the best way uh, the way forward.
2: Um, thank you very much for your time. Is there anything you'd like to add?
3: I want to kind of reiterate that that this crisis, uh, you know, highlighted the need of occupational health. I think occupational health has uh, declined in terms of importance over the last number of decades, in terms of um, uh, the, 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 yeah, the importance in, and, and in terms of the access that, uh, that workers have. Large numbers of workers don't have the benefit of access to occupational health. I think this crisis and possibly future crisis that might come really kind of demonstrate that as a society we need to have a much better infrastructure in terms of occupational health and making sure that that uh, and and i say that as a you know as somebody's working from within occupational health so i have you know a, 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 a kind of an agenda there but i really truly believe that that that's important and if we want to kind of avoid these kind of things in the future we need to be prepared and and that and in terms of that preparation a good and effective system of occupational health provision and And mismanagement is essential, uh, and I think, as a society we need to be aware that 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 that's an important area. That was my chat
2: with Professor Marty van Tongeren from the University of Manchester.
1: yeah some some really useful information there about returning to work. Now, as you know, we've been working from home for the duration of the covid nineteen outbreak recording this podcast from our homes in Birmingham, Edinburgh and Salford. So guys, how have, have you been finding working from home during the lockdown? And and what are your thoughts about, you know, possibly returning to work in the future or or for those that have returned to work already?
0: Well, I think that working from home at first, it was a bit difficult because for me, I was kind of, I remember in the initial stages, you might remember Matt, I was like, how do I put up my cloud (laughs) lifter? Why is this wire over here? Like, should I use an extension cable? So it's definitely a big learning curve for me at the start. But I think now I've got used to it. And I think that um, it's one of those things where I am fortunate enough to be able to work out with my bedroom. So that helps me to separate kind of my working day from my kind of um, like home life but, you know, it is it is still more difficult because, you know, we're not going out and about. And even though we're saving time by not doing, say, a morning commute, we're not then, you know, socializing with as many people as we would be in the office. Um, but I think, you know, this time has meant that we are still able to, you know, catch up via Google Hangout and, you know, all communicate with each other. And we've all been, you know, actually, I would say all three of us would agree that we've actually gotten to know each other a lot better and managed to do this project together since um coronavirus started. So um yeah, that's just from my point of view. What about you guys?
2: I'm, you know, I think we're we're in a very fortunate position to be able to carry on with the work, the work that we enjoy um, from home. But I do miss being in the office. I do miss my colleagues. I'm quite a gregarious person. Um but I'm very fortunate with this podcast is that I can connect with you two guys, even though we're you know far away. And with other people, you know, like I said, the amazing people who are doing bits of the communities, the experts that we're speaking to. My thoughts about return to work—we touched upon this in the interview with Marty—is that um, there's a psychological element as well as the physical well-being. And we've been in this lockdown since March, so it's trying to get a new—it's trying to get back to this new reality and adapting our behaviour to it, because we're used to the lockdown. So trying to get us back to the workplace could take some time. It reminds me of another interview we did with Derek Watson from the University of Sunderland, and he talked about hygiene and washing hands. And um, he said, you know, to, to learn a new behaviour, it takes months. Well, we've learned a new behaviour in the lockdown, it's taken months, so it might take another few months to get back to the workplace and get back
1: to that routine that's it yeah getting getting used to you know back to some sense of normality or or if anything it may be more strange than what we're currently doing working from home um, but yeah i couldn't couldn't agree more with you guys that it's been it's been wonderful working on this podcast together um, you know across across three cities and two countries being able to bring a podcast in, together and speak to so many amazing people at the same time and highlight the incredible work um, that that's going on across the UK.
0: No, yeah, for sure. I agree with you guys. It'll, it'll take a bit of getting used to getting back into the swing of things again and agree with your point there, Dan, about learning new behaviours. Uh, but it's definitely been a pleasure working on this so far. So the COVID-19 outbreak has seen communities remaining connected, helping those in need, all during an unprecedented time. And this has been an incredibly testing time for us all. Amid the negatives, we have seen the strong spirit and compassion from the UK's local communities.
2: At the worst of times, I find you often see the best of people. And while there have been maybe frustration and some idiocy in some parts, it has generally been a privilege to talk to the amazing
1: and charitable people, helping others, not for gain, just out of kindness. And as life in lockdown changes to life after the lockdown, this podcast will also regenerate. Series two will see us focusing on how we are adapting to a new way of life and how this time period will have long-term impacts on society.
0: So thank you to all of our brilliant guests who have offered their interesting insights and thank you of course for listening. We will see you soon as our local communities adapt to a new socially distanced way of life.
1: Is there a pressing subject you would like us to cover? Or do you know of a person or organisation doing wonders to help us adapt and thrive in this new world? If so, get in touch with us on Twitter, where we are, at Laudable Pods, or on Instagram, where we are, laudable underscore podcasts. Until then, stay safe, stay alert,
2: stay positive, stay informed, and of course, stay tuned. See you next time.
0: This has been a Laudable production from the newsrooms of Birmingham Live, the Edinburgh Evening News, and the Manchester Evening News. You can download Alone Together wherever you listen to your podcasts. But for exclusive, interactive, immersive content, download the Entail app for iOS and Android. Woo!
1: Woo. We got through all of that. No one swore. Well done. I know, that's a miracle.
2: (laughs) 15 episodes later, no one swore.